Offense, play fast. Defense, swarm. We got to out-block them. We got to out-tackle them. We got to out-hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out-block them, you out-tackle them, you out-hit them, and you out-hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. Welcome in. It is week two of R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, the college football edition. I am A.J. Hoffman. He is Scott Seidenberg. Hello, Scott. A.J., what's up? How was, uh, how was, how'd week one treat you? I know, uh, for myself, uh, had a lot of good, uh, CLV in my pocket Mm. and did me no good. Uh, it was, the, the steam chasing, the line moves, (laughs) none of it mattered. Uh, it was a bloodbath, I think, uh, week one. Uh, How did you fare? It didn't start out well because of, um, the late touchdown in Hawaii, Thankfully, I got the good number on the, the the under. As soon as it peaked to 61, I jumped on it. So I wound up getting a push there, but that started off poorly. Then I, I also think you may not want to play Stanford unders anymore, yeah. watching the way that they move the ball yeah. and the way they're playing their and, tempo. And then Michigan did not work out for me at all because they score 30 points very easily. And then don't even try and score the rest of the game. Yeah. So that was uh, interesting. But then Washington made it up. Uh, I had a prop on Penix. I had a prop on Washington total. Um, I was all over. Uh, a first quarter over in Oklahoma, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. That kind of hit pretty easily. Yeah. You know, the Arkansas State game, Oklahoma. Yep. Oklahoma's a lot better than I thought mm-hmm. they were. Uh, I know everybody's made their, their the most adjustment on Colorado. I adjusted Oklahoma yeah. pretty strongly as well. And, and my last man standing pick, the, the best bet was was the winner. And it was the uh, Utah win. So Yeah, easy win good about for you. It. So, all right, let's get into this week's slate. And let's start with... I guess let's start by talking about Colorado. I feel like that's the biggest story from this this first week of college football. Which, welcome to the top 25. Congratulations. The new polls coming out. And Colorado is number 22 in the AP poll. How insane is this? Like, Colorado's win total was three and a half. Mm -hmm. They won a football game. Yep. Now? 22. I mean, now they're ranked 22 in the country. Mm -hmm. This team is expected to like win maybe four games, five games, not be bowl eligible. And now they're the 22nd ranked team in the country after one game. It, there was some real discussion. Uh, like I, I'll say I moved Colorado up four or five points. I said this four, four and a half points feels like a good adjustment. Week one, they're clearly better than I thought they were. Four and a half points I moved them. There's people who moved them 16 points. Yeah. For, like that's insane to me that on one game mm-hmm. your power rating can move more than two touchdowns. But the market tends to agree with what they did. Yeah, and so I, I think they deserve a major, major upgrade. I don't know if they're the 22nd best team in the country, and I don't automatically go have them going from a three and a half win team to a ten win team. I don't think they're going to compete for a Pac-12 title, but. They impressed the hell out of me. And the thing that I was really blown away by was how well coached they appeared to be. You know, they played with so much tempo that sometimes uh, when you play that fast, kids can lack discipline. 
But every one of them to a man, as soon as the play was over, got up, handed the ball right to the ref, got lined yeah. up, looked over to the sideline for the play. Defensively, there's a lot to be desired besides Travis Hunter making plays on the ball, but the rest of the defense just allows too many chunk plays. But the athleticism that they have, I think, is going to be the difference in their games, and specifically this game this weekend against Nebraska. Yeah, they were very buttoned up. I, I was impressed. And Nebraska's interesting because with Nebraska, I, again, I'm not willing to to just upgrade Colorado two touchdowns. I agree they deserve a bump. I it, There has to be a limit on how much you can move a team on one data point. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when, when Appalachian State beat Michigan, like we didn't drop Michigan two touchdowns. Yeah. You know, there's... There's got to be an in-between there. Uh, I When I moved the line, I moved it to where Colorado would be a slight dog in this game. The value would normally clearly be on Nebraska. I, I've got no appetite to bet on Nebraska. So I, I can say I don't – I can firmly say I don't know what Colorado is. I see their, their offensive upside is mm-hmm. very high, uh, and Nebraska's is not – like Nebraska covered, like they they got to the window for me. That was yeah. nice. That was one of my wins this weekend. They should have won the game outright, but they got they're continuing to get poor quarterback play. Um, but they're solid in the trenches. We'll see if that TCU was not. We'll see if that makes a difference. Yeah. you know, against Colorado. Uh, so for the game that that looks like it's going to be one of the biggest handles in the history of college football, yeah, I'm seriously. Gonna, I'm going to sit out altogether and just learn more about this Colorado team because I, I think that it's got to be somewhere between four and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And there's not room in this line to say it doesn't matter. Like if it's four, the, the, the Nebraska's got real value on them. If it's 14, Colorado's got real value on them. And because I don't know what it is, I, I can't, I, I can't feel good, confident wagering on this football game. Uh, I, I was earlier in the week, I was saying I can't wait to bet Nebraska because of the overreaction. Yeah. But and there's certainly been yes, one. But the more I think about it, if there was one week to bet Colorado this season, this is it. This is the most important game of their season. After what happened last week, going to TCU and winning in the fashion that they did, scoring the, the offense working the way that it did. Sanders having an incredible game at quarterback, setting all types of records, and Travis Hunter showing why he's the best athlete in college football, arguably. They cannot lose this game. If you lose this game, last week becomes a fluke. And all of the respect that you have earned, whether it's in the media or whether it's just in the landscape of college football, because I'll tell you right now, the biggest win for Colorado last week was not on the field. It was in the recruiting trails. Yeah, because now players are like, I want to go play for Coach Prime because they're the real deal. And if they lose this game at home to Nebraska, it's all gone. It erases everything that happened that? last week. Isn't that what we should expect when we're looking at a three and a half win total team? Yeah. Like we should expect it to have been a fluke. Yeah, and there's a real possibility it was. I, I mean, I don't know what you think of TCU. I don't think very highly of them. No. Like I, I, they were one of the teams in the top twenty-five that I said this isn't one of the twenty-five best teams mm-hmm. in the country. Um, they just lost too many players. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's a, it's not like they were like Colorado knocked off a team that was in the championship, and they did, but that was a shell of, yeah, of TCU's course. team. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is a it's a listen a road win 
against a Power 5 team is a nice win. I don't care who you are. But I don't know how big this win is. And I... Again, there's so it's so early in the season. I don't know if TCU's any good. I also don't know if Nebraska's any good. Well, let's look at what, I, let's look at Nebraska. Jeff Sims did not throw the ball well. He sucks last week. Well, I mean, yeah. well, I, I, it's one game, but he, he doesn't look good. No, we know he can run, but can the athletes for Colorado keep up with him and his running ability? This sounds like Adrian Martinez, is what it sounds like. I've seen this guy. Yeah, <laughs> Nebraska. Uh, here's what I worry about: Can Nebraska hang? with the athletes that Colorado has on offense? Can they contain Shador Sanders? Can they bottle up Travis Hunter? Do they have the speed and do they have the conditioning to play with this tempo? Because teams in the Big Ten don't play this fast. No. Ohio State does. Sure. Can they, and I bet you if Nebraska played Ohio State, can, can they keep up? And I don't think that they can. I think this is I think this I think this is Colorado or pass because I wouldn't lay north of a field goal. The fact that it's a flat three at DraftKings is what I like. Uh, I, I love the fact that yeah, people hammered the plus fives and the plus fours and and didn't allow this thing to get below three for long. I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't lay north of three. I like the three, and that's about it. I, I just think that the athletes are too much. And I think this is a must-win. You cannot, cannot lose this game. You destroy all the momentum that you earned last week. The one thing I'll say about Nebraska defensively is when Baylor got fixed, it was on the defensive side. Matt Rule had some okay offenses at Baylor, Mm -hmm. but they had a D that was, they they forced you into turnovers. They shut things down in, in key moments in games. And if you remember last year, this team, they gave up like 500-plus yards of offense to Northwestern. That was Northwestern's only win all season. (laughs) That defense was garbage. But Matt Rule and Tony White, the D.C., I, I can't imagine them getting embarrassed the way TCU did yesterday. Yeah. Like I, I, or yesterday, this this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like I can't imagine them doing that. In in their you know in in this game to a three a team with a three and a half win total, um, it, this is a it's a fascinating game. It really is, man. And I I won't be shocked at any result. Like I I won't be shocked if Nebraska wins this game by ten mm-hmm. because Nebraska was like that's what the line would have been. it was the Nebraska minus seven last week. I would not be surprised if Colorado wins by two touchdowns. Like that, neither of those things would shock me. So, I, again, this game is I'm staying away from it. God bless you if you like the three. Um, I, I just I don't know what the reaction should be. A big noon kickoff is going to be in Boulder for this game, so the eyes of the national lands, the national media will be on Colorado here on Saturday. You mentioned Boulder. Can this Colorado offense play at the same tempo at elevation that they did in Fort Worth, Texas? Well, I think why it works so well is because they've been training, <laughs> you right. know, and, and so they were very well conditioned uh, playing down in Texas. But I think you still like even guys who are from elevation. Yeah, you're, you're you can't go that fast. Like it, it, I, I don't know. But I, does I, that hurt Nebraska if I, Colorado plays with tempo? Can they yeah. keep up? Yeah, this is a it, it is. Maybe the most fa- like the idea that this game is getting more hype and attention than Texas Alabama. <laughs> oh, they play this week. It, which is, I mean, think about that Texas Alabama game last year 
was one of the best games of the mm-hmm. season. Like it, it, back and forth, Alabama kicks a game-winning field goal to to beat Texas by two. Like Sarkeesian going back to play <laughs> Nick Saban, and we're talking about Colorado, Nebraska, two teams that if, if you'd asked a week ago, we'd said eh, neither of them are playing in a bowl game. What's it matter? So the, the, it is fascinating how one data point has completely changed the college football landscape and. I guess it speaks to to Dion because, I mean, who else could have done this that we would even take notice? Yeah, no one. I, I mean, it's like we're all going crazy over this. I, I can tell you, you know, Boston College, they they lose their season opener, and Boston College is pretty bad. They lose their season opener to Northern Illinois. No one's talking about Northern Illinois being good all of a sudden. <laughs> Everybody's Texas like, State, is Texas State in yeah, the top 25? I, no, Texas State, no one's going crazy. With it. Wyoming beat Texas Tech. Texas Tech might be better than TCU. <laughs> I have them power rated better than TCU. So, like, it's only Dion that could have brought on this mm-hmm. reaction. It is fascinating. And it's fa- I think it's, it's kind of cool that the, the world is watching it. Yeah. I'll say this. Here's my hope for this game. I hope you win your bet because I hope I hope Colorado wins by 20 points so that they get inflated even more. I think because again, if if the if the adjustment was indeed 14, if that's what the adjustment should have been. Mm-hmm. And it gets adjusted even more, like now it's it's out of the realm of possibility to me. Like the, Colorado didn't become Georgia overnight. Like that that just doesn't happen. So I would like to see them go out and, and make a statement here and, and wreck Nebraska only because I, I think that will lead to future value. And I don't know if I don't know if it's Colorado State. I don't know if it's the like the line against Oregon I imagine will be so big. I, I, I don't know what it could be that, that like what, what mm-hmm. could it go because I think it was twenty eight a couple weeks ago. What could it be now? Like at Oregon, is Colorado gonna be like a, a, a ten point dog? I mean that's that's wild to think yeah. about, but it's possible, especially if they start three and zero. What what's Colorado at home against USC now? Ten a touchdown? I, I don't know. Like I don't know what we've turned Colorado into. Uh, I, I'm I'm willing to watch and find out, but I'm uh, I'm very skeptical. I'm way more skeptical than the market is, but I'm also smart enough to mm-hmm. to understand that this is something that we haven't seen before. So there's no need for me to put my money in on a game that. I don't really know what's happening. Yeah, of course. That's fair. Uh, Let's take a look at the rest of the top 25 schedule, which will kick off on Saturday morning. Number one, Georgia, a 42-point favorite over Ball State, total of 52-and-a-half. And for me, I have no interest in, in laying the points with Georgia here. I would just rather take the over, and then if Ball State gets you a touchdown, well, then you're getting the over here. I, I see. I kind of lean the other way. I kind of lean to the under here. And Georgia turned on the Jets in the second half. They started really slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put up seven in the first quarter, seventeen in the first half. Then the floodgates opened, uh, and they you know they beat UT Martin forty-eight to seven. Last season, they didn't cover the fifty and a half though. No, last season the early disappointment game was against a Mac school. It was Kent State. Georgia won that game thirty-nine twenty-two. They were forty-five point favorites. Marquez Cooper, the running back for Kent State, 90 yards and a touchdown, which against Georgia last year might have might as well have been a 300-yard rushing game. 
that Marquez Cooper has now transferred to Ball State. Mm. And he will be on the field for Ball State, who got blown out by Kentucky a week ago, but they led at the they led at the end of the first quarter before turnovers tripped them up. And with the first conference game on deck and this being the game of the year for Ball State, I, I won't back Georgia here, but I do think they, they keep this Ball State offense in check. I, so I would look to the under. I would I could see this being like a, a 35 nothing, 38 yeah. nothing game. I think like if you're taking the over, you're counting on Ball State to score something. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they do. Yeah, I'm saying I, I don't I have no play on this game. I'm saying I, I would not lay the yeah. points with Georgia. We agree. But if you want if you think Georgia's covering forty two, I, I think the over would be the way to go. Uh Ohio State, number five in the nation, takes on Youngstown State. No line in this one. No line number seven, Penn State hosting Delaware. Boy, we gotta talk for a second about Penn State because they pissed off a lot of West Virginia backers punching in a touchdown at the end mm-hmm. there. But it, this is James Franklin, first of all. He doesn't care what you think. And West Virginia called a timeout, and I think it pissed James Franklin off. And with the game not in doubt, he said, oh, you want to get cute? You, you want to try an onside kick? You want to uh, you want to call a late timeout? Okay, Bubba, we'll, mm. we'll push one in. And, of course, Penn State gets the cover, p- breaking a lot of West Virginia hearts. But, yeah, that's something to watch with Penn State because they're they're a pretty solid team. And if you think that they aren't paying attention to the numbers, I I beg to differ. Yep. Uh, number 10, Notre Dame is at NC State. And this one's interesting. Uh, Notre Dame is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. They opened up at eight. So money coming in on NC State in this one. Yeah, Brennan Armstrong used his legs more than his arm against UConn. Uh, 96 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Threw for 155. Uh, UConn only put up 14 points, though, but they averaged 6.2 yards per carry on 26 rushes. So if you know if Notre Dame can have success running the ball, North Carolina State would be in trouble. Uh, NC State, though, has seen Sam Hartman before. Last year, he threw for 397 and two touchdowns. Sounds mm-hmm. great, right? Also, three picks, and uh, Wolfpack won that game. So over what you're Wake saying Forest. is it's like a revenge spot for him. Could be. Could be a revenge spot. Uh, they got beat way too much one-on-one against UConn's defensive front, which is very worrisome. Uh, my my problem with Notre Dame is they play two terrible teams, and I think there's some really inflated numbers mm-hmm. with Notre Dame right now between nice game and Tennessee week. State. Yeah, this is their first competitive game of the season. I lean to NC State here. Uh, I, I lean to an under as well, under 51. I'll, I'll probably have no action here. Yeah, I have no play on this game. This is like this is a wait and see because we haven't seen Notre Dame be tested. And I'm curious to see how the defense does against the mobile quarterback like Brennan Armstrong. And if it is a true revenge game for Sam Hartman, how he takes what happened last year and maybe learns from it and attacks this defense a different way. I still think Notre Dame should be power rated a little bit higher than than where we started them, where they were to start the season. Yeah, I, well, I, and I think they've been bumped, mm-hmm. but it's just how much do you bump them when you've played two teams that have no business being on the field with yep. you is the question. Another interesting spread, number 12, Utah at Baylor. And Utah opened this game six-point favorites, consensus now seven and a half. This is one of my favorite plays of the week, honestly. I, I'm, I'm going to be on Utah here, uh, minus 7.5. There's a question now that Cam Rising may play. I'm not counting on him, certainly. 
Uh, but he's practiced. He's practicing this week without limitations for the first time. That's according to Whittingham, who may be a total liar. I don't know. We saw Utah rotating quarterbacks last week, which was odd considering Barnes was playing so well. And they're like, "Oh, let's let this other guy throw, who's mostly a running quarterback." It made some mistakes. Uh, we do know that Baylor will be without Blake Shapen, who has an MCL injury. He's going to miss a couple weeks, and the drop off from Shapen to Sawyer Robertson was serious mm. last week. Uh, Robertson, 6 of 12, 113 yards and a pick. Dave Aranda is supposed to be a defensive guru, and they gave up 42 points to a Texas State team with a brand-new head coach and basically a whole new roster. Utah dominated Florida. I, I'm thinking Baylor may be in for a tough season. I know it's on the road, which gives me a little pause. Utah away from home, certainly not the same team. But I think this Baylor team, may, it may be rough for them. So I, I think this is a good spot to, to back the Utes here. Moving on, uh, yeah, I'm on Utah as well. I, I've been so impressed, and you know I love the coach. So And and I think they're completely fine. I was on them last week. Even if uh, Cam Rising doesn't play, yep. I think they're in very good hands. Number 15, Kansas State hosting Troy. And this one opened up as Kansas State 16-point favorites. Now Kansas State 16-and-a-half. And that 16-and-a-half is minus 115. Yeah, Kansas State did what they were supposed to do. They, uh, they dominated SEMO and FCS team in their opener. Um, it, it, Troy handled S- FBS newcomer Stephen F. Austin, 48-30. Uh, it, Troy extended their winning streak to 12 games going back to last season. Uh, they won the Sun Belt. They got a win over UTSA in the Cure Bowl. Troy is a lot better than people think they are. The, that's the second longest streak in the country. Only Georgia has a longer streak than them. Georgia mm-hmm. at 18. This team wins. And Troy last year uh, lost 28-10 to at Ole Miss, which is the closest to, to a comparable schedule spot that you can find on their schedule last season. But they covered a 21-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, you know, Kansas State struggled with this coach in these spots before. K-State lost outright to Arkansas State in 2020. Yeah, they lost outright last year to Tulane, and Tulane ended up having a, a good season. But I mean, Troy's not far off of what Tulane was. Troy's better on defense than they showed last week. Last year, this was a 240 yard a game defense. I power rate this game just under 10 on a neutral. I'm getting 16 and a half. I, I, I I'm taking a shot with the dog here. Uh, I like the dog in the first half. I think Troy, um, their 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 rushing attack, the RPO attack. I think will. Will Bennett will be good, will be better in the first half than it is in the second half because I think Kansas State makes adjustments at the half and maybe they blitz more whatever they do. I would like to take the points in the first half with Troy uh, as opposed to because I can see what we've seen a lot in these games like they get away from you late. What's right? DraftKings giving us in the first half here? By the way, all our lines brought to you by our good friends at DraftKings. Uh, you bet five dollars on any college football game. Use our promo code Vegas and get two hundred dollars in free bets. Ten and a half first half. Okay, I'll, Troy plus ten and a half. I, I mean, maybe I like that better too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I really think this Troy defense is legit. You remember, you remember last year I was backing them against UTSA in the yep. Cure Bowl. Everybody thought UTSA was just going to wreck them. This is a, a solid team. Uh, Sixteen and a half is a lot of points, but yeah, ten and a half early on. That's uh, that that may be the way to look. All right, let's go to our next game on the schedule in the top 25. We already talked about Nebraska-Colorado. We have Charleston Southern at Clemson. No line on this one. Clemson down to number 25 in the nation. 
after just being embarrassed against Duke and what Dabo Swinney called one of the weirdest games he's ever been a part of. Yeah, that, I mean, just a, a gross result for them. Like it, They losing... got to the goal line twice, and they got to the seven-yard line three consecutive drives and had and came away with zero points. I don't think losing is, like, the end of the world, but getting thumped like that, mm-hmm. that's a bad look. And, like, the only, the only touchdown they score – is off a muff punt. Like yeah. it, it, Duke was Duke smashed them in the especially in the second half. They just started to bully them. So th- that's not what I expected from this Clemson team and watching DJU at Oregon State kind of makes you think maybe the the problem with Clemson's offense wasn't DJ. Mm. Maybe it's Clemson. Yeah. Uh UNLV is at number 2 Michigan. This one opened up with the Wolverines laying 35. Money has come in on them. It is now at 36 on DraftKings. You mentioned Michigan didn't cover against ECU last week. Nope. But they had their chances. I mean, they they uh stopped they got stopped at the goal line once. They, you know, ECU kicks a meaningless field goal down 36 nothing mm-hmm. to uh 30 to nothing, 30 yeah. to, nothing mm-hmm. to to put some points on the board. Uh, and they didn't they didn't run the ball well last week. So you think Michigan, they're going to run the ball. They've got Blake Corm and they've got Donovan Edwards, probably the best one-two punch in the country. You know they're going to run better than 31 carries for 122 yards going forward. UNLV, they dominated the scoreboard against Bryant, but the stats were even. Both teams put up 409 yards. Bryant actually had one more first down than UNLV. I think UNLV is still a work in progress under Barry Odom, and, and Doug Brumfield will keep them in some games as long that they shouldn't be in as long as he stays healthy. But I think Michigan might make a statement here. Uh, you know, a, after only putting up thirty points a week ago, I could see Michigan putting up a big crooked number in this game. The difference between last week and this week is going to be the return of Sharon Moore, their offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, to the sidelines. Without Jim Harbaugh, it's fine. You were missing Jim Harbaugh and your offensive coordinator. And the offense is now going to respond with more on the sidelines. Uh, Colston Loveland was quoted earlier this week saying, quote, obviously you missed those guys, but I feel like we're so prepared that if anything happens, we're just going to keep rolling. But it's going to be nice to have him, meaning more, back on the sideline, especially just talking through game plan changes at the moment and stuff. I'm definitely excited for him to be back, end quote. And I feel like the entire offense feels that way. Look for their offense to be much better this week as Moore gets back calling plays and and really having a control of this offense. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. Like have, having a, a coach who's in in control of the offense – Something they didn't have a week ago, mm-hmm. so that, that could make a big difference here. Uh, Ole Miss, minus 7.5 at Tulane. We have a top 25 matchup, 20 at 24. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest, this number feels about right to me. Credit where it's due to Tulane. It I, opened I, up Ole Miss 4.5. Yeah, I, I wish I would have gotten some of that. I, I thought South Alabama was like right there with Tulane going into the game last week, particularly without Tajay Spears in the backfield. Tulane jumped out early in that game, never looked back. Michael Pratt was damn near perfect. 14 Mm -hmm. of 15, 294, and four touchdowns. And that defense, which I talked about last week, they lost a lot. Uh, They gave up 265 yards, 17 points. Now they're going to have to keep their foot on the pedal against Ole Miss. Ole Miss is going to score. They come off a 73-7 mauling of Mercer. And you might think, oh, big deal, it's an FCS school. Mercer's a pretty good FCS school. And they thumped them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bumped Tulane after their win. I certainly think 
this is it might be on the wrong side of a touchdown now. I, I doubt I'll get involved. But Ole Miss doesn't let up, and that scares me. So I, I'm going to sit out and, and see if Tulane's awesome week one is the real deal. Uh, I, I lean to Tulane here, but I, Ole Miss, they, they will score, score, score until you get tired, and then they'll score one more time. Total in this one opened at 61. It's at 65 and a half right now. Yeah. And you know what we've seen, and, and maybe first half under is the way to go, because we, we've seen through the first two weeks of the college football season, our first week and a half, the first half unders have been hitting, but the full game overs have been hitting. Yeah, it, it takes some of these teams a little while. Georgia was a good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas, another good example. Teams that, but it seems like the clock rules are getting to them in the first half, where they're only gonna ha- they're only having three to four possessions in the first half, and then in the second half, it's it's a different story. I think it could just be they'll find a rhythm, finding a rhythm early sure, early in the season. You know, yeah, that's a good so point. It, it takes a little while, and you make some adjustments, and, and you're good. But yeah, this that that first half under is not a bad look in this game. Number. 23, Texas A&M is at Miami, and this one opened up with Texas A&M laying four, Texas A&M now laying four and a half. Yeah, I talked last week about Texas A&M and the total, and I said Texas A&M's got Bobby Petrino running the show now, New Mexico was better at quarterback, better at OC, bringing in the guys from UAB, Dylan Hopkins, and the Aggies put up 52 points in that game against New Mexico. The total in the game was 49. Mm Mm-hmm. A&M put up 52. That is the most they have put up against an FBS opponent since 2018. This is what, like, when you think about all these classes that Jimbo Fisher has had, top five classes, they've all been wasted. Yeah. Now with this offense and the talent that they have on their roster, this is a scary team. And Miami looked really strong against Miami of Ohio, but they don't have... Miami of Ohio doesn't have the physicality at receiver that the Aggies do. I, you know, Miami's got smallish corners. I, I think these Aggies may bully uh, the Canes. I, I think that they, I think they could win this game just on talent alone. Mm. But with this new, with this new offense, I, I'm not. I'm certainly not fading Texas A&M right now. I'm taking the over. Uh, it's at 51. It's a low total. I know Miami's much better on defense, but you're right. This Texas A&M offense is, is built different this year, and I think this game could actually turn into a high-scoring affair quickly. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. Uh, Tulsa, plus 34 at Washington, total of 64.5. I'm going to be back on Washington, um, I, but more so, I'm going to be on the over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this... Don't, first of all, don't be fooled by Tulsa's 42-7 win over Arkansas Pine, Pine Bluff. I just said there's there's levels to the FCS schools. Arca- yep. Arkansas Pine Bluff is terrible. Uh, they're the worst team in the SWAC last year. They're bad. So don't think that Tulsa is like some sort of juggernaut. Although they they may Kevin Wilson, the head coach there, the former Ohio State OC, maybe he's running some things that that can that can put some points on the board. I like their offense a lot more than their defense. I'll say that for Tulsa. They are not good on that side of the ball. Uh, Steve Spurrier Jr., by the way, wow. uh, Mike Leach disciple, is the uh, the OC there uh, for, for Tulsa. But Washington just dominated Boise. And Boise, there was questions about them on offense, but defensively they were supposed to be one of the stronger mm-hmm. teams in the Mountain West, and Washington just waxed them. I think there's a ton of points here. Washington may score every time they touch it. And here's something I like about Washington, playing Washington with big numbers, playing Washington over. 
they were still throwing the ball up 30 yeah. with like four minutes left mm-hmm. in the fourth. They th- they, the last touchdown they threw for was like a 31-yard touchdown with under four minutes. They don't care. They're going to keep doing what they do. It's your job to stop them. I, I think this one could get out of control, but I think the safest play is the over 64.5. So our Michael Penix Heisman ticket at 16-1 to is currently sitting at 8-1 to right now. So we have cut the, the odds in half, so we feel good about the 16-1. Yeah. to Last week, uh, I gave out and I bet Michael Penix Jr. over 306.5 passing yards. He threw for 450 yards in that game. Yeah, slightly t- over. Yeah, I took uh, Washington team over four and a half team touchdowns. Michael Penix threw for five touchdowns. Yeah. So uh, I will be in a similar position this week. Uh, I think that's the way that I'm going to play Washington this entire season. I'm going to go Penix over passing yards, and I'm going to go Washington like team total over. The reason why I did the four and a half touchdowns as opposed to the team total last week, the team total was 36 and a half. But the touchdown total was four and a half. Five touchdowns is 35 points. Yeah. So I felt like I was getting a point and a half of value there by betting them to score five touchdowns. You know they're allowed to kick field goals too, right? I understand that, (laughs) but think about it. What's the easy way to get 35 points is just getting into the end zone five times. I don't need three field goals, you know? So when I saw it was 36 and a half on their team total, I said, ooh, that means I'm going to need a field goal and five touchdowns, or I'm going to need some, you know, four touchdowns and three field, whatever it is. I said, you know what? Just expect them to score five touchdowns, and Penix did it by himself. So, well, not by himself, but with his teammates. Fifty-six to nineteen. This Washington offense is something, yep. man. So, uh, I- I'm excited to keep watching them as well. No line on number nine, Tennessee hosting Austin P. And here's a fun one: Appalachian State at number seventeen, North Carolina. The I Tar bet Heels you laying eighteen. I bet you twenty bucks. It's not as exciting as last year's Appalachian State North Carolina game. Do you remember that one? Nothing can be as exciting. As that Appalachian State North Carolina game. Yeah, this was 63 61. Yeah, uh, if you remember, that game saw nine touchdowns in the fourth quarter, <laughs> including three in the last 31 seconds, and App State failed to convert a two point conversion. Like that, that was the wildest game of the college football season. Uh, you saw some things that you liked about North Carolina. They got nine sacks, uh, they, they won comfortably, but they did turn the ball over. Uh, App State has a really strong safety unit for for the G5 level. Chase Bryce is gone, their quarterback from last year. But I think a lot of teams are going to throw on UNC this year. Spencer Rattler had 353 yards, Mm. 30 of 39 passing. This North Carolina defense is still going to be an issue for them. They're going to score on everybody. Drake May is really good. But 18 points feels like a lot. And, again, this game, 58 is the total. I mean, it was at it was at sixty one by the time they got to the fourth quarter and started yeah. scoring all the touchdowns. So I, I like the over once again. I, I think both these teams have success on offense. I think App State can stay within eighteen points though. Yeah, I'd rather. It's kind of the same way I felt about the game we talked about earlier. I like App State in the first half uh, because. I think, and I would look towards the first half over as well, because if you look at the spread right now, game total is at 58 and a half, and North Carolina is laying 19 now up on DraftKings. First half, North Carolina is laying 10 and a half, total is 30 and a half. I think App State can keep up with North Carolina in the first couple of drives. And if you're asking me if we see, you know, multiple touchdowns scored in the first quarter, yes, the answer is yes. So I would go over 13 and a half in the first quarter. 
because I think it's a 7-7 game early, and I like App State plus the 10.5 in the first half. And one thing that last year... North Carolina. You, I mean, obviously, you've, if you're given, if there's nine touchdowns, everybody's tired yeah. last year. But remember, that game was played, you know, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Mm-hmm. That's one of the Appalachian State has one of the highest elevations, uh, you know, east of the Mississippi for college football. Boone, North Carolina. Yeah, that's a that was an elevation game. Uh, we'll see with this game at North Carolina if there's uh, if there's as much of an impact. I would imagine uh, that. The, the, both these teams have a little more wind in their lungs at 262 feet mm-hmm. than they did at over 3,000. Uh, so I, that's that's something to look at, too. Number 18, Oklahoma hosting SMU. The Sooners, 15.5-point favorites, total of 68.5. I'm a believer in SMU. Uh, you know, I, I think they've got a chance to be the best G5 team in the country. And Preston Stone is the, the you know the best quarterback recruit in their history. He, he looked as good as advertised against Louisiana Tech, but Oklahoma really opened my eyes last yep. weekend. Man, seventy three zero is impressive. Whoever you play, this was an F, uh, it was Arkansas State, an FBS team by the way, not an FCS. They held them to two hundred and eight yards. Yeah, uh, I mean that is what the Brett Venables defense is supposed to look like. They didn't have anything close to that last year, and we talked about Venables. And the reason why I didn't want to play Arkansas State, even though I was a, I was kind of a naysayer on Oklahoma, was Venables has now had a, a cycle to get his players in. He didn't kick everybody out like like Coach Prime did. He said, "Hey, you guys stay for a year, see how it fits, and we'll we'll make decisions afterwards." Now he's got his guys. Mm-hmm. Man, that looked like a Brett Venables defense, and the offense they scored. Every drive but one, <laughs> and that was the last drive of the game. Uh, I upgraded Oklahoma significantly. I, I, they're certainly better than I thought they were. They may like they may be significantly better than I thought they were. So I, I like OU here. Uh, I, I like over sixty eight and a half. I, I think this is a a, a real fun game. But I, I think Oklahoma is is way better than I thought they were. Yeah, I, I I don't mind laying it here with Oklahoma. I think they win by three touchdowns. I really do. I was so impressed last week. Dylan Gabriel only threw for two touchdowns, but he didn't need to do uh, a, a lot last week. So uh, I think they'll open it up for him a little bit more, and uh, we'll see Oklahoma put up a, a big number here against SMU. No line on number 21 Duke uh, against Lafayette. Are you surprised Duke into the top 25 after their performance no, against Clemson? not surprised at all. It feels deserving, right? Like they, mm-hmm. were, they were just on the fringes, and now they're in. So, yeah, I, I'm just wondering what, what – Power five job or what big job Mike Elko is going to have next mm-hmm. season because I can't he, if he's only, only year two at Duke, dude. You, I mean, you have two two years like that sure. at Duke that gets yeah. you a job, Bob. <laughs> this isn't basketball. I get it, I get it. But you know, he uh, was a defensive coordinator forever, and now he's a head coach for two seasons as a head coach. Let's let's give him some time here. Okay. Uh, well, a season in a game. A season in a game, exactly. <laughs> number 11, Texas at number three, Alabama in the game of the week in Tuscaloosa. This one, uh, some little bit of spread movement from the summer line, but from the opener this week, no movement. Alabama laying seven points at home. Yeah, uh, and there's seven and a halfs out there, too. Te- Texas started slow against Rice. Picked it up in the second half. Defensively, they dominated. And that Rice offense is supposed to be better than it was. Uh, Obviously, Alabama's a totally different beast, though. Uh, There's no doubt in my mind that Texas has the roster to hang with Bama. But Saban is still 28-2 against former assistants. 
uh, was almost 27-3 and last year. Sark was right there. Mm-hmm. And Texas loses that game 20-19. to I am a Texas believer. And while I still think Alabama's great, I don't think that they are this unstoppable force that they've been in the past. I think Texas hangs within a touchdown of them. I, I, I think there's there's value on the horns here. What do you think? So I like Texas early in this game. Um, if you're looking right now, they're four-and-a-half-point uh, dogs in the first half. But Alabama scored— Boy, isn't that the opposite of like the typical you play Alabama yeah, first half? That's I know. But Alabama scored in their first two drives uh, last week, right? It was 14 nothing at the end of the first quarter. And then they failed to score on their next two drives. And the only reason why they wound up covering in in the first half, which was nice for me, um, they got a turnover, right? Mm-hmm. They got an interception, and then they scored on, uh, you know, a, two quick plays, they score a touchdown. And then they got a quick three and out, literally one minute. There was three minutes left in the half. There was one minute of a possession for Mid-Tennessee. And then Milrow completes a 47-yard pass for a touchdown. So that's the they. It was a lucky cover, right? It it should have ended. The half should have ended fourteen nothing, maybe twenty one nothing. They scored two touchdowns in quick succession: one after an interception, one after a one minute three and out, and then the, you know a forty seven yard touchdown play. Texas is going to score early. Texas is going to stay within a, a possession here, and I think they do so within the, the first half. I can see this being a 17-14 first half. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. Uh, I again, which also I like the over twenty seven and a half first half. I worry a little about Texas's slow start last week, but again, maybe it was just the. I think Sark's going to take shots early, though. In this I, game. I think Sark knows that he's got to be aggressive. Yes. Like you're not just going to line up and smash Alabama in the mouth. I think he goes for it on a fourth down too. I wouldn't be surprised. So I, this, I think this is a really fun game. Uh, I, I would only look at the dog here. The next game. It maybe feels like the trappiest trap of all trap time. <laughs> Oregon oh, you minus mean a team that scored eighty-one points last week. Yeah, eighty-one-seven. Uh, that was the the win for Oregon over Portland State. Texas Tech lost outright to Wyoming in overtime after getting out to a seventeen-nothing le- double overtime. I might add. Now Oregon's laying six and a half. Yeah, you're like what? What? Uh, now it's it's hard to upgrade Oregon a bunch because they beat up, bullied an FCS school. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I don't really know how bad of a loss that Tech is. Tech on the road in elevation at Wyoming—that's a tough place to play. I downgraded them some. That still doesn't get me to where I can play. You know, where I can where I can play Oregon and Lubbock at six and a half. Um, I, this feels, it, it feels like it's a really obvious line and there's gotta be something to it. If Knicks goes out and dominates again, the defense holds up. I've got no choice but to say, yep, the ducks are really good, but all they've done right now is beat up on the sisters of the poor. And uh, until they do it against a real football team, especially this is, you know, Texas tech's not a tough, or it's not an easy place to go. Uh, I, I, I would say I'm going to pass this game. I lean to the over. Uh, just fading that tech defense off a double overtime game at elevation. Feel like maybe they could be gassed out, but Oregon. I I, I don't. I mean, eighty one to set. What, what can you take from that game? Mm-hmm. What can you possibly take from that game? So uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just sit back and learn how real Oregon is. That's fair. Uh, if I had to play it, I would lay it. Um, you don't score eighty one just on a fluke, and you don't lose a game to Wyoming. 
just just on a fluke. The, that shows me that you're undisciplined. It shows me that you don't finish games. Meanwhile, Oregon showed me that everything that they worked on this summer is just, it's it's a well oiled machine. At least that's what it looked like in week one. Sure. So it's the only way I would back. I would look in this game as backing Oregon. Plus, as much respect as I have for for Shuff, uh, show, I, I respect Bo Nix, and he's my guy. Okay. Uh, Wisconsin minus six and a half at Wazoo, and Wazoo may have been my worst call of opening weekend. Okay. I thought Colorado State would give them. A lot of trouble, tough road environment. I was like, yeah, this is a, a good spot for Colorado State. That game was never in doubt. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it, Washington State punked them out. Uh, as for Wisconsin, they ran the ball kind of at will. Uh, Which they'll do. Yeah, they, they finished the game 314 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Tanner Mordecai was passable. Yeah, uh, you don't like the turnovers. Yeah, this, like they, Wisconsin apparently wants to do an air raid. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they're capable of it yet. I don't know if they've got the personnel in place to do it just yet. That's why they end up leaning on the run game so much. Um, these, these teams played last year, and Washington bottled up Braylon, or Washington State bottled up Braylon Allen. 17-14, they won at Madison. I'm tempted to play the home dog here. I'm probably going to wait to see if a seven pops, uh, but I, I don't want anything to do with Wisconsin. What do you think? I just like revenge spots, so I do like Wisconsin playing, uh, uh, trying to avenge a loss from last year. And I think that they have more talent and size on the offense and defensive lines than Washington State does. And to me, that's the difference in the game is, is I know it's the old cliche. It comes down to the battle of the trenches. But, yeah, it does. And that's why Wisconsin's able to run the ball every single year. And I think adding the element of the pass this year makes makes Wisconsin a dangerous team. Yeah, it didn't I mean they didn't have to do much against Buffalo last week. Tanner Mordecai, the turnovers you don't like. I don't know if he maybe he'll, he'll be a little more gun shy. We don't know, but I think that they can handle the tempo that Washington State will try and play with because they now have a new system. So trying to attack them and and win a track meet like you would normally in the past, thinking they can't come back from two touchdowns. Yeah. Well, yeah, they can. Now they can. But I just think it comes down to the lines, and I think Wisconsin has the edge in the lines over Washington State. Uh, Let's look at Southern Miss at Florida State. Florida State, I think, with the the biggest win in the country last week. Southern Miss plus 31 at the Knolls, total of 53. They were one of the only top teams playing against even decent competition, and they made LSU look like they didn't belong on the field. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how impressed were you with Florida State? Very. Jordan Travis, rightfully so, is now the second favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. I know I tweeted out that uh, here comes the Jordan Travis Heisman campaign, and then he had a couple of bad drives, and I'm like, ah, spoke too soon. But then it was back on. He was very impressive. I, I think Florida State, uh, just across the ball, was very impressive, and I think this is a, a a dangerous team that is not just the favorites to win the ACC, but a legitimate college football playoff contender. Yeah, their depth was what really impressed me. Like uh, their trench depth, like when LSU was huffing and puffing late in the game, they were still rotating guys out. They looked strong, and their wide receivers are a real matchup problem. And if you're a matchup, they were a matchup problem for LSU's defensive back DBU. Yeah. Southern Miss doesn't have the bodies to hang with that. Uh, and if LSU couldn't get Jordan Travis dirty, mm-hmm. 
I don't know how Southern Miss ever even touches him. Uh, FSU can name their number, but they've got conference play starts up next week. Back-to-back conference road games. Yeah, well, this is the thing for me. When when we talk about letdown spots in college football, you would think – Florida State coming off of that win would be in a letdown spot. Road conference game next. That's a sandwich. But this is also an 8.30 p.m. primetime game on campus. Okay? Yeah. It's If this was a noon kickoff or like an 11 a.m. kickoff, I'd say, man, that is a trap spot for Florida State. Yeah. Because kids are going to pour into the uh, the stadium maybe a little bit late, Right. You know, it's hard to get hyped up for Southern Miss uh, after you just, you know, blew out LSU. But the fact that this is an 8.30 p.m. game, I think crowd's going to be fired up. There's going to be plenty of time to hype them up before the game. Under the lights, these kids shine bright. I like Florida State, and I wouldn't be shy of the number. Okay. Uh, let's. I guess we got one top twenty-five game left. Stanford, well, yeah, Oregon State, UC Davis, no line, no line. LSU, Grambling, also, but yeah, Stanford, USC, USC laying 29. 29 and a half now up on DraftKings. Yeah, um, they have the edge with it being their third game as opposed to Stanford's second game, and Stanford coming from Hawaii, travel back home, now travel down to USC. Not ideal. But put up 37 points against Hawaii. The entire world was against Stanford mm-hmm. in that game. And it, they they throttled Hawaii from start to finish in that game. Like, it, clearly, the offense is going to be solid. They're running really good tempo. It's going to be hard to match up. Of course, if anyone can keep up with them, it's USC. Sure. I, I still believe this USC defense is flawed. They held up against an inept Nevada team, but I, I don't buy much into that. I think Stanford is going to be able to hang some points up here. I lean to them on the number, but this over, I don't know how you can't play the over. Like Given what USC can do on offense, given what Stanford looked like on offense, and what we know about USC's defense, this feels like a track meet. Yeah, 37 and a half is the first half line. <laughs> like we see that total for like NFL full game games. Yeah. Uh total is 70 in this one. Uh I like Stanford in the first half catching 17 and a half points. Um I also kind of like the over in, in the first half. Uh I think this is going to be a fun game. Um I think Stanford does have the ability to to put up a ton of points and play with tempo. I think this might be one this might be a very entertaining game that that could resemble the Colorado TCU game yeah. in terms of the final score. This could be a 45-42 game, or it could be a complete USC blowout, and, it, and USC puts up 60-something points and holds Stanford to 20-something. I'm okay with that. That's, that's, still why, goes that's over why I 70. like the over. Yeah. That's why I like the over. I, I would so. actually lean towards taking the points, taking the 29.5 with Stanford. I would, too. I mean, it, it, listen, Stanford's given USC trouble in the past. Mm-hmm. Um this is for USC. The game doesn't mean much, but for Stanford, it's a different story. You go down to oh, the, this is their this is their Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I mean, listen, you go down to LA and you win this game, or you you keep it competitive. It just sets the tone for your entire season. You're not supposed to be a good team. You have a cupcake game next week against Sacramento State. Like you leave it all on the line right now in this in, in, for this game. And I, I'll say this: USC, their attention sudden, suddenly shifted because Colorado in two weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. it used to be. It, I mean, when you looked at USC's schedule 
leading up to the Notre Dame game. The first six games of the season, mm-hmm. a week ago it looked like mm, home San Jose, home Nevada, home Stanford, at Arizona State, who stinks, at Colorado, who stinks, home Arizona, who stinks, then at Notre Dame. Now all of a sudden there's one of those teams in there that you go, oh, at Colorado, we might need to start taking that a little more seriously. So I, I don't know. I, I could see I, I could see Stanford hanging around here uh, again. I'm not sure if I, I still think Stanford's probably pretty bad, but offensively, certainly mm-hmm. they're better than I thought they were. And they, last year they were dreadful. We agree with that. Last year they were dreadful. Yeah. This was a 13 point game a year ago. USC 41 28. And again, this is that Stanford team was gross. So I I feel like this is a a good spot for Stanford. But again, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna play the total. Let's get to our best bets. But before then, let me tell you how you can save some money at pregame.com. If you use the promo code BUFFS20, B-U-F-F-S 25, excuse me, BUFFS25, not 20, BUFFS25, we're going to give you $25 off of anything at pregame.com. That's a free best bet. That is a free best bet. BUFFS25 will get you $25 off at pregame.com. And yes, we're still running our Beat Steve Fezzik College Football Contest. Go to pregame.com, click on contest. It's free to enter. And the Like Super Contest, NFL Contest, still going on as well uh, with week one beginning this week. So go to pregame.com, click on contests, and enter. They are both free. Buffs25, the promo code to get $25 off at pregame.com. So our last man standing picks, it's win or go home. Week zero. I lost. I had Ohio plus three, so I was 0-1, but I rebought. I bought back in. Good thing is you get five injuries. You get five injuries. Week two, I won. Utah minus four and a half. So I am 1-1 one one on the last man standing do or die picks. AJ, where are you at right now? I'm also 1-1. One one. Okay. Uh, I went with Louisville last week, and they f- looked gross. Yeah. Uh, things started out right for them, and, and they fell apart. So 1-1 uh, and one for me as well. Let's hope we can get back on the winning track here. I'll, I'll take the lead. I'm going to go with UCLA, minus 14 and a half. Uh, they, they lost by the hook, at least lost the cover by the hook, last week against Coastal. Um but here's what we've seen from San Diego State. Scott, you faded them week zero against Ohio. That's, mm-hmm. You talked about your one loss. That was it. Yep. You you were on the right side of that. Well, yeah, if Curtis it, Rourke doesn't get hurt, they blow him out. They certainly win the game yeah. if Rourke doesn't get hurt. And then last week, San Diego State played FCS Idaho State. They mm-hmm. got a 36-28 win. And a theme of this pod has been, hey, not all FCS schools are built the same. I got news for you. Idaho State is about as bad of an FCS program that exists in the country. Idaho State, in the last two seasons, has won two football games. (laughs) One each season. Last year, their average margin of defeat was 26 points Mm. in FCS. And they played San Diego State in a one-score game? UCLA was rotating quarterbacks last week. Uh, I think that Dante Moore established himself as the better option. Garbers threw a couple picks. Moore takes over, finishes the game. I I think right now, I still have high expectations of this UCLA team. I think we're picking off a really weak San Diego State team that most people are used to being one of the best programs in G5. 
I just think they're not. This is a mm-hmm. bad team. Uh, I, I like UCLA minus 14 and a half here. Uh, I, I can jump on board with that. Uh, I'm going to go to Friday night. So get on this game. Friday night, Kansas hosting Illinois and the Jayhawks laying three. Now, I love me a uniform handicap, AJ. And 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 you can I, who, who cares who's playing? I got the home team on a Friday night unveiling for the first time all black uniforms. And that's the handicap. That's the handicap. These kids are going to be <laughs> look. It's it's half joking, but it's kind of true. The players get hyped up for these things, and when. Kansas runs onto the field in their Black Hawk uniforms, the all-black, black helmets for the first time. The atmosphere is going to be incredible at David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium (laughs) in Lawrence. Uh, The crowd will certainly be uh, in their favor, but the biggest part of this game as far as a legit handicap, Jalen Daniels is going to play. He did not play last week, and Bean was fine. Jason Bean played well, the backup quarterback. But Jalen Daniels is a different He's he's on a different level. He was picked as the preseason Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. And with him making his debut here against Illinois, I don't know if Illinois can stop him defensively. Um, On offense, Illinois is going to look to play through their wide receiver, Pat Bryant. Had a very good first week last week. But the strength of Illinois, of uh, Kansas' defense, is cornerback Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Who Kobe with two E's at the end. Uh he should be able to lock him down. That's gonna be one of the matchups that I'm gonna be very intrigued watching. To me, it comes down to Daniels and his ability to make plays happen with his legs. I don't know if Illinois has the athletes to stay with him. And I just think the atmosphere on campus, Friday night. Primetime game, nationally televised on ESPN2, all black uniforms. It just all plays into a Kansas win and cover at home. All right. Yeah, I don't hate it. I, I don't like that Illinois team. I, I mean, I, I, no. I'm i not impressed by them. So uh, certainly the better quarterback there. Yeah, I, I like I like your chances. The uniform aside. Well, uniforms, everything. Oh, well, okay. Well, we, have different, we have different handicaps. Look but good, feel good, play good. Fair enough. All right, that will do it, friends. That is week two in the books. Hope, uh, hope the hope the the market treats you right this week. Let's uh, let's make sure if we get in some on some early numbers and the the market moves with us, mm-hmm. that we actually win those games would be awesome. Uh, that is the hope always. Scott, thank you, great job as always, uh, and we will talk to you guys next week for week three.